Hello everyone and welcome back to another video podcast. We're doing really well at these um, with the whole 115 yards. My name's Freya and joining me today as always is Lindsay. How are you doing after this weekend? Um, uh, I think I think I need something for my heart again because uh, Villa are breaking it. But um, other than that, it's been a good weekend of football, lots to talk about. So looking forward to talking about it with you. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, it's been another interesting one to say the least. Uh, we'd like just an interesting one for the right reasons. Um, one week, we hope it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like that. Um, but all is not lost, is it? So I know we're only four games in. Some are saying the world is falling, but like uh, Chicken Little, but uh, it's not. Okay, all hope is not lost. So the reason we are here is to talk about Villa Spurs mainly. We will touch on some of the games, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive right into it, shall we? We knew leading into it that we have another best run of fixtures, kind of who we were playing against, but also how we were playing. Because um, we've had moments of quality, haven't we? But there just seems to not be that consistency. So how were you feeling going into the Spurs match? I thought that because um, Spurs are a different, uh, different animal to the team that they were last season, where they were struggling to keep up, and Beth England was the only one that was keeping them up. Um, and we've seen how this season how they've grown, uh, made some good signings, um, and they've got an outlet in Martha Thomas. And we knew that if any goals were going to come, it was going to come through her, which is what we mentioned in the last pod. Um, but yeah, I was I was thinking that, you know, it's a game that we can go in and we can take three points from, uh, not to be arrogant, not to say that Villa are better than Spurs, but, you know, we've gone toe-to-toe with United, we've had a bit of a calamity with Arsenal, we've had an absolute clangor with Liverpool, and I thought, you know, this would be a chance for us to get some points on the board. We've had a tough run of fixtures, and it'd be good for us to get some points on and get from the bottom of the table. Yeah, because like you said, on paper, kind of Spurs should be at least a point that we knew we could take. Finally, back at home as well. We mentioned in our blog that actually yeah. Villa haven't played a game at home this season because uh, Villa Park we can't really class as home yet because we haven't played that much there. Um, so yeah, so there was a lot of well, there was a lot of pressure going into it, wasn't there? Because um, obviously Spurs have been performing, so we knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, and the fact that. Yeah, we haven't picked up any points, and but we have been scoring goals, but we've also been conceding them. So it's this really tough game of which Villa's going to turn up because, yeah. like we said, we've had really good performances against United and Arsenal until the last few minutes, but then we've had Liverpool as well. So it feels like the team don't really know where they're at. Is that kind of the same feeling you're getting? The feeling I'm getting is we... We got rid of quite a few players in the summer um, and some of them were squad players, dressing room players and a lot of experience and the new signers we brought in, some of them very experienced, some of them have got some experience and some of them have got less experience and I feel like we don't have the budget to buy plug and play players. Um, and we've had internationals come from uh, Europe and America. So I think it's quite hard to slot in. Um, 
we're having a bit of a slump like we did last season where up till Christmas we weren't playing our best football and it was uh, I will say summer signings then um, it was Christmas signings winter window signings that made the difference for us and got us out of fifth place and I just feel like we we haven't clicked and I, I've watched the game back twice now and looking at the way that they play it's little things that are letting us down um it's the communication it's the movement it's the the the, the weight on the ball are we over hitting the ball are we under hitting the ball so it's not getting to the players are we putting it in the wrong spot are we putting it into the path of the defenders and not looking up are we you know are we forcing it too much and this is where we're falling down and when i watched the game in real time, I was really upset and disappointed and really quite angry like Carla was at the end of the game. But then when I watched it back, I completely resonated with what Lucy Stan said about, you know, it wasn't good enough um, and they need to do better. But there were periods, of, you know, that they did do well. And I think, for me, this is where the team's at. In the, in the, te- in the games where other teams dominate and structure and determine the tempo of the play um so when we played united when we played arsenal they you know they they both said this is how we're going to play the game and they set it out and we were like oh okay right well this is how we're going to play and then when we played liverpool and played spurs it was us in the driving seat that should have been saying right we're going to play this way or that way and we just were like oh and went to jelly and and didn't do anything yeah, and uh, we just we just ruined we just like completely ruined it, and we could have dominated. And I think that's where we've fallen down. We don't know how to dominate. We know how to be the underdog, but we don't know how to dominate. And that's why when we play teams that are not in the top four, we struggle maybe a little bit more. I'm not sure that you'd agree with that, but like Liverpool came took points off us. We should have dominated that game. And then you look at Spurs, you know, to an extent we did dominate that game, but we didn't do enough on the end product. And I just feel like we, we did this last season and I just feel like we've been found out more this season and it's become a bit more evident this season. And because it's not clicking, it's a bit more alarming. I think if we got three points on the board, then it would be a bit less alarming, but I think right now it's it's quite worrying, shall we say, about where we we're at. It's yes and no. I agree to a certain extent with that. Um, I think it's only been four games, and some people already are saying, "Ah, oh, sack Carl or whatever." Absolutely not. Absolutely not. However, give your head a wobble. Absolutely not. That's not the issue you know people have said well actually is the assistant coach all the cracked up to be what's happening with staff behind doors it's not just Carla um we've seen the Carla Ward magic that's brought these players here so that's that hasn't gone away so what what is it that's not working and you know we could sit here and say well we're missing Kirsty and Kenza which we are and we will say that till we're blue in the face yeah, um yeah. but we can't rely on two players we need to be able to get something with the team we've got because as we've seen red cards injury like we can't predict any of that so it's a way in which we need to just be able to adapt and see you know the players we've got and play to their strengths and we've got a couple of players who you know we wax lyrical about Lucy Parker Lucy Stan um 
Adriana Leon, really impressive this season. Um, and they're fighting right to the death. Um, we brought that in our blog this week. You know, we've got some players that give absolutely everything to the last couple of minutes, um, you know, and beyond. But we've got some that kind of, you know, they go one goal down and it's suddenly frustrated. And it's like, that that's not how you're going to win. And I think these teams that have been historically lower than us, um, or just lower in general in the table, they they know how to fight and they know how to combat that. And I think because they're getting better because they've found their feet, that's why they're taking us by surprise because they've got that fire that we seem to have in little bits or we've only gotten certain players. So um, We're getting too complacent, aren't we? It's almost like we don't yeah. give them the respect that they do and we forget that this is a hard league and every year the league gets tougher and tougher and we need to evolve and uh, really kick on rather than staying in one place treading water because if we do that, we'll get left behind. And we've seen that kind of already, haven't we? There's us yeah. in Bristol that haven't picked up any points. And, you know, if you said that to us at the end of last season, you know, we'd laugh. Like, we're finished fifth. It's our best ever finish. Um, but there's also this talk of the curse of fifth place, isn't there? Yeah. And how teams have finished in fifth, done really well, and absolutely bombed the season after. So do you think that's got any credit in this, do you think? I think it depends how superstitious you are, doesn't it, really? Um, I think if yeah. you if you, you are, road, do you walk under ladders? If so, you might believe it. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think there's some validity in it, but I just wonder if for us it's around investment and the players that we need to bring in to progress are out of our budget at this moment in time. And yeah. we can't, we're having to buy breakthrough players. So when we bought Lucy Parker, she, you know, she's been a great buy. And I just think we're having to buy yeah. people like that who you take a risk on and they either sink or swim. Well, she's yeah. absolutely swimming. She's like winning Olympic gold. She's just so good. But yeah. I just think... Uh, I look at United and I look at the investment they've done in the summer and the players that they bought with the money that they've got and obviously they're they're in a different position to us so we can't really compare but I look at the investment that they've made and when you look back at the game this week yeah they won 5-0 and they just absolutely stormed that game and then I look at us and I'm like have we actually changed much from last season? Are we the same team? Well, that's and the thing, isn't it? It, it, wasn't, it was enough last season, but mm. it's not enough this season. And people are saying, oh, when you play Bristol, it's three easy points. Bristol are going to be really hard to play because they're hungry. They're oh, yeah. going to be the hungriest team in the whole league, desperate to stay up. And I don't think that's going to be an easy game. So I think for us, we need that hunger that Bristol have got to go out there and then when a goal goes in, not let our heads drop, keep our heads up and go, no, we're better than this and come back and score and then score and score and score. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we've got that firepower. We've got the golden boot winner from last season. We've got, yeah. you know, we've got everything in place ready to dominate. But it's like you said, we're so used to not dominating and being the better team. It's almost as if they they look a bit confused. 
Um, yeah. And I think we saw the same with Arsenal in their last couple of matches. Because they're so used to being on top and having that firepower, because they've brought so many new signings in, because they've got the money to do that. Um, Victoria Pulova, for example, um, just because she's the first one to come to my head. Others have done this as well, but she got the ball the other night and just looked really confused. Like, oh, what do I do with it? It's at my feet. You know, how do I, do I score? Do I not? Do I, you know, do I pass it? Um, and it's that uncertainty. And you just think you're world-class, you know, footballers. It should be first instinct for you. Um, so then you've got to think, well, is it a confidence thing? Is it a fatigue thing? Is it, you know, what is it that's contributing to not having that initiative that we know they have? Um, so kind of, we we saw the interviews, didn't we, Lucy, Stan and Carla at the end, and they were both, right, <laughs> we just felt heartbroken, didn't we? Watching yeah, them. yeah. Um, and just want to give them both a massive hug. But they, how do you feel about this international bricks? I know some people really not really like it but most people would rather have a good run of games and then have a break because it seems like it's just been the world cup we've had four matches and now it's gone again and then we're going to have another couple and it's just it doesn't make sense does it what what what's your thoughts on it i just look at it and i think about the men's season and we look at fixture congestion and we look at how they have a run of games then we have an international break and there was a time when you know um the b uh a, a, a summer break and a Christmas break and you know a lot of the international stuff was done through the summer break and some players got summer holidays and some went off to play international football and then they started bringing in more and more competitions and then they started having international breaks in line with um, the Europeans um, and other, other, other countries and it's almost like they're playing 24-7 football and I know during COVID, I mentioned it before, where they were saying it's the first time where these players have had a break from playing in five or six years, some of them, and it's crazy. And I just think with the break the way it is, it's so fragmented this season. They play four games. They get to get into a position where they can... Uh, the, the management can pinpoint where the problems are and start to work on them. And they're like, right, you're off to international camp. They're actually, it's like they're playing internationally as their first team and domestically as their second team and this is the bit where it doesn't click because you know back way back when the the WSL um, and, and, and the championship were dominated by English players so this wasn't much of a problem because they'd be playing week in with that week out with each other but now you've mm -hmm. got international players like look at Arsenal how many internationals have they got from all over how are they yeah. meant to click when they've got language barriers and all sorts of things and, and playing styles like how are they meant to stand a chance and you just think you know these international breaks even when teams aren't competing in in the competitions they're still having friendlies so when you would think oh uh, like during the world cup oh you know Scotland and uh, Northern Ireland I had to get that right then. Northern Ireland aren't in the World Cup. Um, so, you know, they're like, they're still playing friendlies. And it's like the players aren't getting a rest. And I just think it's really frustrating for the, the teams in the league because they can't get a run of games. They just can't get it at all. And that ruins the consistency. And I think that's been really detrimental this season with how they've gone from the Euros to the Euros was bad enough, but the, this World Cup, because England have done so well, 
and there's so many players that were involved in the last stage of the World Cup that are in the WSL, it's been really disruptive. Um, so I don't know what about you, but I just think it's come at a really bad time because I think for Carla, she would like to have the girls together till Christmas and go, right, you, 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 pull your finger at your bottom and do more work. You, 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 stop letting your heads drop. You, 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 work on your passing. You, 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 work on your attitude and you keep doing what you're doing. Um, and that would be Kirsty Hansen. Um, <laughs> there's just no red cards, please, Kirsty. So yep. I think that, that that would be better for us. Um, and it means we can get more involved in the technicality side of things and really do the football analysis because, you know, after that game, the girls aren't going to want to stay and um, look at um, their game and how they played. They just, they're not going to want to do it. They've got to get, they've got flights to catch. It's just really bad timing. And it's a real shame for the WSL because I think it's actually destroying it. Um, and I, I love to see international football. So that's quite a big yeah say for me it's hard because you want the amount of internationals in your team you want obviously the best players for your team but at the end of the day it might be better actually to have <laughs> less internationals because they get more time together and that sounds yeah. horrendous and it sounds stupid because surely you want elite players but if you think about the players at villa for example we've got yeah we've got quite a few internationals but we've also got half-ish that aren't actually gone off to count we've got a couple of yeah. unders we've got but a lot haven't been selected but actually that core group are the ones that seem to be working together a, a lot better because they've had time to gel and they've had time to work together and understand each other whereas if we talk about Rachel Daly for example because I know we were talking to the the fan club weren't we um, about yeah. kind of thoughts and feelings and stuff because we don't know what's kind of going on with Rich Daly and it's just because we're Villa we're not trying to single her out or anything but compared to the player she was last season it just feels like she's not in it her head's not in it and you know could that be you know disappointment from the World Cup I know you were saying before is it pure fatigue and frustration with herself because she knows how good she is and we know how good she is but she doesn't seem to be able to perform um and it's it's a hard one isn't it because you don't want to suddenly say oh well you're not performing like people did with Leslie Russo at Man United um, or Ella Toon for England but you also can't say they're great when they're not who actually we were talking as well her identity and her positioning has been completely lost so we were saying we don't know if she knows where she's playing actually so I don't know for, for players like Rich what how do you think this international break's going to help or hinder? I think for Rach, being back with Millie is going to be probably the biggest help to her game because they're so tight and they're so... I feel like their friendship means that they can have open conversations and Rach can say, I'm playing pants, you know, how can I improve it? And Millie will be honest with her. She won't be in opposition, she'll be honest with her and be like, this is how you can improve it or do something. Other. But I think... There's a lot of players actually in that England camp who I actually am a bit worried about their mental health. Um, and it's something that we don't talk about. But in the men's game, everybody puts on a brave front, don't they? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Whereas in the girls, because they're so passionate about it, not to disrespect the lads, because the lads are as well, but the girls are so passionate about it, it shows on their face. It's a rip, sure, isn't it? And yeah. like, look at Ella Toon and her face. Like, since the Euros, 
she's she's a trained player and I just there's a couple of them that I'm a bit worried about even um, Mary Earps to a certain yeah. extent you know there's a lot of them that I think I'm not sure if it's if it's stuff going on at club level stuff going on at England level but I just feel like a little bit of concern about them and I think for Rach for her because she's known as a, a left back and then at the World Cup she didn't play number nine which was rightly her position and then they put her in midfield was that the place to play her? No. If you weren't going to play her up front, then you play her in defence. And I don't care. I know a lot of people are going, oh, well, she's just saying, oh, she's happy to play wherever. If you had the choice to put on an England shirt and they said, you know, you've got to go in a position that you don't want to play in, but you can be in the first team, play for England, play for your country, you're not going to say no, are you? Um, and she's so versatile. She's played everywhere. So... I think for her, it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm learning something new. I'm growing as an individual and she's that type of person. And I just think for her, her identity has been lost. And I think that World Cup loss would have been quite bitter for her. Um, because, you know, if she'd gone out and, and they'd won the game, then that could have meant, that would have meant so much more for her and everything that she's been through. And I think coming back to club, I just think that it's not clicking. She's not getting the service, same as last year. And she's just getting frustrated. Um, whether Kenza coming back and Kirsty coming back will make a difference, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a bit bit worried. And I think for players like Rach, who sometimes play out of position at international level, I think it's going to be quite detrimental. It's only going to serve people like Lucy Parker, who play two positions, and that's it, that actually it's going to benefit because they're going to get coaching at a high level and it's going to bring their game on. But for Rach, who's so experienced, I don't think it's going to help at all. And it's it's a hard one because you see the quality and you see the pain and you just, yeah. you just want to make it better. So focusing on Villa then, so we've said kind of, Again, to blow in the face, yes, we're missing Kirsty and Kenza. And fingers crossed, if they stay well and fit and everything throughout the international break, we'll have them back for the Chelsea game. Thank God. Yes. Um, so with that being said then, so that's our creativity, isn't it? And mm -hmm. that's what we've been missing. But actually, instead of focusing on the doom and gloom, because actually, like you said, on second watch, the match wasn't as bad as it looked from the outside, we can take positives from it because it, it was pretty good for the first, I was gonna say, first 45. In the second half. And then it kind of um, went to pot, didn't it? So <laughs> let's kind of focus on kind of key moments then um, from the actual match, because uh, we'll get back on track. We'll, we'll get that. Yeah. The match itself then. So we saw the lineup, didn't we? We're like, yeah. right, brilliant. Ebony Salmon, Adriana Leon, like they're getting their start. It's brilliant. Confused why Sarah Miller wasn't starting. But, you know, in Carla we trust. She might have had her reasons. Because um, then I thought, have I missed an injury? Is she okay? Like, um, So from that starting lineup, and then, of course, we know Spurs have been playing very well. Um, were you happy with that lineup? I thought it was a little bit risky, but it's a very attacking lineup. And it was going for... Um... The Spurs that we played last season, and that that team, if we played the Spurs we played last season, that team would have won five six now yeah. easy. 
because the amount of chances we had <laughs> um, oh, yes. and it just um let's right hang on because i did look at the stats earlier but i don't want to get them wrong for this stats right okay we so possession was pretty much 50 50 we had 14 shots seven were on target pretty much pattern accuracy with spurs was dead equal 82.9 to 82.8 we had pretty much same amount of corners so like there was nothing in it at all um yellow card each fouls one six seven they're just if you actually watch them play there wasn't anything in it was there no they were tossed it was up. so tight it sort of we dominated yeah. for a bit then they dominated and then it was it's a really even match it wasn't a 4-2 match and we look at huh. other games in the league that were 4-2 and it was an absolute thrashing whereas we didn't it was such an equal game it's just we didn't take our chances and we had about four or five chances that could have gone in if we'd either been more accurate or yeah. hadn't been saved or prior had gotten away. And I just think, yeah, if we put those early chances away, we would have been 3-0 up before they even scored their first goal. Yeah, because if you think Rich gets a penalty in the first five minutes and you think, yeah. oh, right, okay, we're off on the right track. This is the villa. You can see the fight. You can see the passion. They're really going for it. And then it kind of fizzled for a bit. And I think because they weren't expecting Spurs to come back and fight as hard as they did, because I think yeah. as well, Spurs of last season probably wouldn't have as would have hard. capitulated, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, but the facts that they just kind of start, like kept coming in those waves and kind of writing the blog, I was looking at the different match reports because it's really fun to kind of see the bias between um, all the different reporters. And it was, it was um, shot blocked, attempt save, attempt, like, and it was every single minute, pretty much. Um, it was just relentless. And I think from the Arsenal match the week before, it was a, it was again, it was a which Villa's going to show up. Is it the Villa that's like, oh, we got beaten in the last couple of minutes, you know, it, who are we? What we're going to do? Or is it going to be the villa that comes out with a fire? And we we got the latter, didn't we? We got like, right, okay, we're here to fight, we're ready to go. We're back at home. Um, you know, what can we do in front of the fans? Because there was nearly 3,000 people there, which which yeah. is very good. Um, I think we averaged, was it just over 4,000? Yeah. Season, and the drums like were there as well. So shout out to Mark with his drum. We heard yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, pick up to Mark and his drum. Um, but yeah, I mean, the support is is phenomenal um and it and it does it does help doesn't it it kind of got to we'll give martha thomas her moment uh very very shortly but it kind of got to one one and it was like okay one one we can deal with like it's all is not lost and then ashley neville gets that header right at the end of half time um because they played up to 50 minutes didn't they 45 yeah um so going into the break 2-1 down, what do you reckon Carla's message was at, at halftime for that? Well, um, I have been reliably informed that Carla had all her subs, all the people on the bench, mm. um, everybody in the dressing room at halftime, um, which she doesn't normally do. She normally leaves the subs out warming up and she had every single player in that dressing room so I think um they got a bit of a 
pep talk slash dressing down at the same time. The the, the way the Emma Hayes style of motivation. I'm going to dress you down. You're going to thank me for it and shake my hand and buy me a, a bottle of wine at the end. Yes. <laughs> I think there's a bit of that going on, but I, obviously I don't know about that. Um, just creative license. But um, I think she um, I think she had a, a stomach, but it's all to play for. And it's a silly mistake. Uh, Corsi's mistake was a silly mistake. Ash Neville, yeah. you know, it was a scramble, wasn't it? So I just think, you know, we, it was, you need to go out and fight and you need to, you know, pick up your, your heads. Your heads have all gone down. Pick your heads, get out there and play. Um, because she's a good motivator. She's a good leader. And I just think that, you know, she would have had the right words to motivate that team. I don't think she's lost a dressing room. I just think she has the right words to motivate that team. Yeah, and it worked because, again, that first part of the second half, they came out fighting, didn't yeah. they? And I think it was then when they went 3-1 and then it was 4-1 and he just thought, this isn't a 4-1 game. Like, what? No is happening and kind of everyone who follows us on socials um thank you if you do if if not come on get get the like button done um i posted uh, some of my blog notes um so i was trying to get ready at the same time um <laughs> to go out not initially get ready um and in the notes it was just is martha thomas going to get another one yep straight in what was that what is happening what is going on uh, <laughs> Lucy Parker's got one back, but at this point, yeah. Um, and it was, it just, it didn't make any sense, did it? And if, how how did you view that second half? Kind of where where did it go wrong, do you think? I think we came out fighting, mm. which is great. And then we sort of went a bit sloppy. And it wasn't until Maz and Sarah came on Yes. that there was any change and I think I stated the substitutions last week I think mm. it was last week and I said they were wrong but this time I think the timing was right and like I, I've i seen Maz run and cover every blade of grass in that pitch and that pitch sorry and I've seen her do it for 90 100 minutes she came on at about was it 60 70 minutes yeah. And I swear she had the same purpose and she covered the same amount of ground in that 30 minutes as she did all game normally. Not because she's lazy and she worked hard, but she came on and she was hungry. Same with Sarah. And they were both, you know, they were both making moves. They were sorting out the channel issues. And they were getting frustrated as well because they were trying to put balls in. And I felt the quality of the balls, once we got them two on the pitch, made a big difference in the delivery and service to Rach. It was like we could start being attacking and we weren't getting it before. And that's no disrespect to Dre and Ebony. It was just where they are on the pitch wasn't being, wasn't working. And then when Sarah and Maz came on, it worked. Whereas last game, where Sarah was, Sarah was getting uh, turned over and over. And mm. same for Maz. And it's not because they're slow or they're lazy or they're tired. They just, they were getting turned inside out whereas this game I could see the logic in the changes and I just think that those changes made a big difference but it wasn't enough because it wasn't clicking but I could see that things were starting to move out we're playing too far at the back too deep and it was always like oh well one nil up so we're going to pass it around at the back 
like what we're doing move it forward once we got them on there was more purpose and this is what we've lacked all game we've lacked purpose because once we started moving those balls around and doing quick passes and you know spurs just fell apart and that's what we needed to do from the off quick passes pass and move pass and move make the ball work and that would have, you know, it's not the answer to everything, but that in that game, that's where we fell down. We were too busy looking for a pass. Okay, so there's no movement. And, you know, Rachel Corse is there with the ball in her own half. Like, I need to pass it to someone. The only person that's free is Daphne because nobody's moving. And, and this is the problem that we had in that game. Nobody was moving. And then those that were moving were being marked. And rather than taking, I think Lucy Stan had four players on her at what on the halfway line at one point yeah. in the in the second half. And if they if 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 she'd released the ball to someone who come to support her, then mm. that would have been three players taken out and we would have had so much more space to break forward. And I just think it's this we need to release the ball and make the ball work and put more pace on it, more urgency. And that's where we're going wrong. Um Carla will obviously say differently because Carla knows everything. Um and we're just watching it from home. But um, I think that's the difference. And if as soon as we started moving that ball round and stretching the play, they mm. couldn't keep up. And I think if we'd started with Maz and Sarah and then brought Dream Ebony on, it could have been a different game because the tired legs in Spurs are not going to keep up with Ebony Salmon and those thighs of steel. And they're not going to keep up with Adriana Leon's footwork because she's a little wow. twinkle toes, isn't she? She's just going to run through. And they they both managed to cut in from the, you know, take players on, cut in, and then get so close to the goal and put balls across to try and help score. And I think if we'd done it that way round, then we would have been potentially a bit bad. But that second half was where it was lost. That first half was very tight, but the second half, it was marginal errors and mistakes that we'd made. Daphne had no chance with any of them. Um, and that's where it fell apart, which is such a shame because watching it second time round, it wasn't as bad mm. as when I first watched it. There were a lot of positives to take. The, the The end result was unacceptable, and the attitude and the head dropping was unacceptable. And we just need some fight. And I think the girls just need um, a pep talk and a big up. They all need a hug. And mm. I think that that would make a big difference to them because they're just struggling. Yeah, and it's it's not that they don't have the quality. It's just finding that little bit of magic, isn't it? That yeah. That makes it all work. And I really liked, actually, that um, when Ebony and Drew were on, um, I really liked that they were switching wings and yeah. like, that was shown initiative. And that was, and it was like, right, okay, that's good. Keep that going. And but then saying that you're right no one was moving and no one was taking that initiative to be like oh actually if we do pass it quite quickly then you know that's the key to breaking it down and it's almost as if we need someone more <laughs> controlling and commanding on the pitch to be like right our get you know we need to get moving we need to do this because it feels like hannah when she was in goal she was very vocal and she was constantly barking orders, wasn't she? And she was yeah, back her. and forth from the back. But Daphne doesn't seem to talk. Not that Daphne's too voice. quiet. And yeah. I, I don't, it's not her command of the English language because she can speak. And I think if, mm-hmm. if like, 
it was basic commands and I think the girls at the back would happily learn the Dutch commands oh, at yeah. the back if that would help because you know the girls at the back you know Maz, Dan Turner, Rachel Corsi would be like right. yep yeah, cool. We think Daphne's got the best view of the pitch we know Daphne's quality but actually some people have been calling in to they've been questioning her haven't they and that yeah. her quality and thinking well actually you know we didn't feel that with Hannah we never felt scared we never felt you know a bit nervy but obviously we can't we can't compare the two because we can't Hannah's gone um and we want Daphne to be at the same level she was at the World Cup and the Euros and because she was phenomenal and we just need to unlock that and think okay well is is that the key actually to to have that command and voice because Rich normally shout to everyone we've seen that but I think now it's just frustration she doesn't really seem to communicate and that's what you mentioned before wasn't it it's that lack of communication and that they don't seem to know how to talk to each other anymore which again is a massive shame and you think well why kind of what's going on because everyone looks happy in training they're all going on kind of they do spend time with each other off the pitch so you just think well is it just a confidence thing um, because they've lost a couple of games now with this international break, it hopefully gives them all a bit of time because what we noticed as well, actually, is what I was going to say. Um, some of them were came over kind of with his fans, with the supporters, kind of Lucy Parker, Jordan, uh, Rachel, Dan, etc. Um, but some were already in the cars on the way home. Um, I think Alicia was on a plane within an hour. Like, and you just think, you know, obviously if that's been arranged by the club and things like that, I can't help it. But there's just such a disparity between the team. And I don't know, what, what do you think is going to make it better? Apart from a pep talk by Carla. Can, can, can anything else make a difference, um, do you think? And they play together to, to, to work. And I think Ebony and Dre work really well together in communication, but yeah. they're not on a level with everybody else on the pitch and it's almost like everybody's fragmented yes and so Daphne's quite isolated Tree and Ebony are quite isolated so when you put Kirsty on Kirsty will run the length of the pitch and then yeah. she'll put a ball in she knows where Rach is going to be and she knows that there'll be somebody else running in behind Rach hopefully mm-hmm. um to, to deal with it same with Jordan Jordan knows because Jordan plays really well in quick fast paced football moving around quickly you know tight spaces she's good at that when you play this like wider pitch type football that we're playing at the moment she struggles um she's great in small spaces i think it's probably because she's dinky isn't she but she's <laughs> she's just she great good. at that and she can you know she can put balls out and go right kirsty off you go run to this or mm. and she can put some brilliant balls to it and i think this is where we're struggling it's a whole communication thing and if if they can sort that out, then I think we can do really well. But it's just time, and they're not getting the time. How's four weeks together enough time to gel yeah. as a whole team? And I'm, I know that the the core team is still the same, but mm. when you've got the newbies coming in, like how are they meant to join in? Like I know United's setup is similar to ours, so that might be why Dree's finding it easier to find her feet than Ebony. But yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I do wonder, um, and I, I am really quite concerned about it because 
they get on so well off the pitch. We see them doing coffee dates. We see them do going for food. Um, it's not like they've all fallen out and they don't get on. And no. I just think, you know, they all went to Scarefest. And I just think, yeah. you know, what's going on with this team? Because they're not, they're a team of individuals. And it is coming. It is mm. coming. I'm seeing that it's coming. And that's not me being deluded. I can see that it's coming. But it's no, just there's not a lot picking. there to work on. It's just what's it going to be to bring it all together? Um, and yeah. who is it going to be? Because it could be that, because um, we've said as well, we're going to be looking for kind of who we can kind of bring in in January, kind of who's on the outskirts, yeah. who, can we, who can we steal? Um, and it could just be that we're missing someone that we don't realise yet. Like we were with when Lucy Stan and Jordan came in. And yeah. the transfer last year, um, and it just completely revitalised the team. So maybe, maybe it is that change of personnel. Although looked like it was really good in September, actually, we're we're just not there yet. Like you said, we haven't done enough to get to the level we need to be at because everyone else around us who we should be taking points off has really strengthened their squad, and it's showing. Um, and yeah. And, we are being left behind. Um, so I did just want to have a little look um, at the table. So Women's Super League at the moment, uh, we've got Man City and Chelsea, both top with 10 points. Tottenham are third with nine. Um, Man United, eight, seven, seven, seven. Then it drops to four with West Ham. Brighton, Everton, us and Bristol. So again, it's that gap between the top and the bottom of the table. So if we look between us and fifth, where we finished last season, um, there's currently a difference of seven points in it, which, as we know, in the women's game, every game counts, doesn't it? We've seen leagues won on a game. Um, (laughs) Looking at Chelsea last game of the season. Goal Um, difference can even win it as well role difference can definitely win it yeah absolutely and it just I think as well last season we were scoring but we weren't conceding that much yeah um or if we were it was kind of every every couple of games wasn't it but so far yeah we're conceding a lot more than we should be considering what we're known for is our defense um and you know we kept uh puts in the blog earlier we managed to keep Arsenal out for 75 minutes, but we could only keep Spurs out for 30. <laughs> um, but again, is it fatigue? Is it tiredness? Is yeah. it probably because you know Emirates, Arsenal? Um, but yeah, it's just when you know it's there and you know the quality's there, it's just heartbreaking that that they're not getting the points that they do deserve. Uh, but as we always say, football is not fair, is it? <laughs> Last couple of points then, because we have been talking for quite a while. And my chicken Kiev smell amazing. So we'll 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 wrap it up <laughs> after these next couple of points. So uh we said Martha Thomas would get her moment. Yeah. What a signing for Spurs. Um she's been incredible, hasn't she? Yeah, I look at um both her and Dre, and I think the players that they were at United are very different to the players that they are now, and it just shows what a difference good management and good leadership, trust and confidence in the players can have in, in both of them. So I'm really pleased for Martha because um, she's another name to go amongst, you know, another name to challenge Sam Kerr. 
So it's yes. not the Sam Kerr show. Um, Sam Kerr will welcome the um, competition. Um, yeah. But it's great She's to see. Top. She is yeah. currently top, Martha Thomas, so yeah. It's, it's great to see, see uh, Martha in amongst them because... She's had quite quite a few seasons, and it's just great to see her. I mean, she's pushed out at United, and I just think it's great to see her um, at Spurs. And I just hope that when Beth England comes back, the two of them can work together rather or rotate rather than it being one or the other. Because I think it'd be quite cruel to both of them to start to bench one for the other. I think it's a uh, either you play them half and half, or you play them together, and then take one off and put somebody else on yeah I think both of them together would be quite magic wouldn't it yeah um, I think so the fact that she posted on her Instagram today I saw um kind of her celebration scoring at the weekend and even though it's against us uh we'll let her off um but it just said kind of I've got my smile back or something along those lines and yeah, I just thought, yeah yeah that's what you need and again lots of the players when they've come to Villa they've said it's about the manager and the understanding and feeling cared for and that's exactly what she said as well didn't she she was like yeah. you know I feel like someone believes in us and it just shows one little transfer like that like you can feel underappreciated or underused or um at your club you can make one move and suddenly you can be the player that that you are and you know you are appreciated so um so yeah so even though it was against us um Martha Thomas fan club we are a part of um and actually we did have her in our fantasy uh, WSL team and she got us 13 points because I put her as vice captain <laughs> um and thank you also to Jill Rod who got us uh, 12 because we captained her um however uh Rich Dilly did get us six points because she scored a penalty um so actually we have had our best week yet um, in fantasy football Brilliant. so thank you to everyone that has scored um because <laughs> we've actually got 77 points which is the best we've ever had um which is amazing and we are 17th in our own league um so yeah if you want to join us by the way we are um w115y that's our joining code please feel free to join in um and you will beat us um <laughs> because the points difference between the top and the bottom is huge because we have that many players in uh, so yeah so please join us if uh, if you haven't already um so yeah so martha thomas uh definite appreciation club there um and hope she really really does challenge that golden boot um yes she loves it she's she's really special and the last thing we want to talk about really um so we can look ahead to our next match after the international break but you wanted to have a quick shout out to the goalies didn't you this week Yes, yeah, so this week, I think the thing that stood out for me out of all the games is um, the standard of goalkeeping. Like in the World Cup, we saw it was really high. And some of the games, well, the whole tournament was a tournament of goalkeepers, which is a bit unheard of. But mm. I just thought this week, um, I've watched back the uh, highlights of some of the games. I've actually watched some of the games as well. Um, managed to get time to watch them. Um, I thought in the um, Man City game, uh, both goalies deserved a shout out. I know Leipzig had an absolute clangor with that Chloe Kelly shot, um, but after that she came in and she played a blinder, which she has done admittedly all season, uh, but she made some big stops. And Kiara Keating at the other end, you know, that could have been a very. Yeah, she could, it could have been. Um, a really high scoring game um, if she if there'd been a different goalie in 
Um, so I think that was great. And then the Bristol City goalie, big shout out to her. She kept them in it um, really well. Mm-hmm. So the three of them deserve a big shout out this week because they were just standout players. You know, there's, there's magic. Yeah, you, you can say like, Chelsea won 4-2 and, you know, various other things. But I think for me, the goalies were the, the big standout this week. So, yeah, big shout out to them. Yeah, because like we said at the World Cup, isn't it? Yes, clean sheets are a thing, but actually it would be really interesting to see how many saves and who made the more saves. Um, yeah. If you've got a, a good team and a good defence, you know, you go these sat twiddling the thumbs. Um, but I did take this uh, from the match, Bristol-Arsenal match. In the second half, uh, Arsenal had seven shots, four on target, 85% possession, Bristol had nothing, no shots, none on target, no touches in the opposition box, anything. Um, and you just think that amount of dominance, you know, the goalies, um, it looked like she had a Marvel shirt on as well, which which was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, she did so much to keep that scoreline 2-1 because we were driving back from Portsmouth and I was like, oh, sent to Georgie, my wife, kind of, oh, check the score. You know, it's half an hour in. And she was like, yeah, it's 1-1. One, one. Like, what? What do you mean it's 1-1? One, one? Um, because obviously as Villa fans, we were thinking, please don't get a point. You know, we're, we're at the bottom with you. You know, the, our only yeah. saving friends at the moment is that there's another team on zero points. Um, so thankfully, thank you, Katie McCabe, uh, for getting that second goal in. Um, but yeah, that was kind of panic stations. Um, again, because now you're looking around going, well, if Bristol can get a point, and that's no disrespect to Bristol, but where's our points? Where are they going to come from? And after this international break, we've got Chelsea. Oh, God. Um, and you, and again, you just think, it, it sounds like we're making excuses, but we've had such a crap run of fixtures um, against the top teams, haven't we? Um, which has probably done nothing for confidence. So let's think positively. We've got the break, so ones that are feeling a bit fatigued. Hopefully, they get recovery time in. But looking ahead to Chelsea, if we've got Kenzer and Kirsty back, yeah. If we are now gelling, and we put the team out that we saw against United and Arsenal, do we have a chance of getting a point? I think so. Yeah, and I'm not being biased. I think we do stand a good chance. Um, the the question is, it's all going to be down to fine margins in these games, and it's can we hold our concentration for ninety minutes? Bearing in mind that they're going to bring one superstar on for another superstar who are very good at holding concentration levels for that long, versus our team that's half international, half non-international, and and get you know fatigued and maybe. Yeah. can't be in that zone for as long so I think we, we stand a really good chance of a point I don't want to say we'll go get three because I don't think that's I think MPs might combust if yeah <laughs> if her team um, lose um, but yeah I think I think a point could be doable yeah absolutely um, because we are we are hosting they are coming to us so again another one well is it meant to be at Bescott or have they not announced it yet that they, they... They were rumoured to be wanting it at Villa Park uh, because mm. it was Chelsea. But, um, but I was hoping it was at Bescott. Um, 
Yeah, because I'm, if they make sure. King's Medal their fortress, as Emma Hayes rightly says, you know, hopefully Beth Scott will give something. Because um, as we've said, Villa Park can feel really empty, can't it? If it's yeah, um, if it's kind of the wrong kind of match. Um, so yeah, so Chelsea up next, and then we've got the Conti Cup fixtures start. Yay! Um, but this is when squad depth comes into play, doesn't it? And you yeah. know, you look at Chelsea who can maybe play their B team. Um, we don't have one. <laughs> uh, we've got the biggest squad we ever had, but we we don't have enough yet, do we? Um, it seems no. like all the other teams have got double the squad we have uh, when it comes down to it. Because um, we've got some great young players coming through, haven't we, from the academy? But yeah. again, they're, they're great. They've got potential. But kind of WSL levels kind of hold your own is a really big ask isn't it um for, yeah. for the youngsters so so fingers crossed by the time we get to that point um because we face sheffield um that's during the week i think that's a wednesday uh possibly going to that one then we're away to bristol then we're away to west ham um and then we've got another conti cup um to blackburn um and then everton so it's if we can get on a good run now, because the big names are kind of out the way once Chelsea's gone, if we can prove to ourselves that we can take these points, I think we might start to see the Ovilla back. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think the teams that are in our group will be seen as an upset worth as achievable. So I yeah. think we're not going to be able to go in there with our B team. I think we're going to have to just play the A team all the way through, which isn't great, but... No that's the chance for us to gel and I think that that's where the gelling will come in um you know some of the players already you know you, you could blindfold them and they find each other on the pitch with the ball um yeah thinking of Kirsty, Maz, uh Rach, Kenza you know blindfold them they'll find each other um yeah. and I just think that this Conti Cup you know you can rest people like Lucy Stan um you probably need it um, but I, I think this is a, a bit where we can really, really gel. Yeah, because again, it's time, isn't it? And it's time yeah. that we haven't had um, together due to the World Cup. So I think that's all from me uh, because, of course, we have international break. Um, I am going to the match next week, so that'll be very, very good in Leicester against Belgium. Quick prediction then, England. Um also, shout out to Lucy Parker, England's God. Woo. Yay, well deserved. Um, very well deserved. Hope she actually plays. Um, even a bit as a sub, because she deserves it. She's been absolutely cracking. Okay, so um, do you think we can beat Belgium if it's the same ones that we saw um, in the Arnold Clark Cup not too long yeah, ago? I think so. I think we've got a win in us. Yeah, and then, of course, going out to Belgium... Um, to play Belgium again, aren't we? Yeah. Was it the Netherlands? Uh, uh, no, I think it's the Dutch. I've lost track. Me too. See, too many fixtures. We don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> so before we lose our brains completely, we will leave it there. So thank you very much, Lindsay, as usual. Um, it's been a lovely little chat. Um, and thank you very much for you for watching and listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. And we will hopefully see you very, very soon. But please check out our blogs. Our links are definitely on Instagram. If not, we've shared them on our Twitter accounts as well. Um, 
And yeah, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe um, and help us share the good news of the whole 115 yards. So thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you.